Hey guys, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe, and I almost just sang the final countdown song because do, do, I watched do. a little singing countdown. We have was, a new countdown. I, um, when it got to two, I almost was like, it's the, and I was like, oh, she's going to be so mad. So let no, me I was literally, <laughs> so what I was going to say in the intro is that people are probably tired of me starting the show, but while I, I was doing that is because I was counting down, hitting the button. Well, now we got a countdown that we both can see so charisma can also start starting the show i cannot wait to stop doing that (laughs) i know and it's it's wild because we used to like record in the same room and now like we have you know the last states apart yeah the last year we haven't and we've not even been able to like you know i mean we could see each other if we wanted to but we don't so (laughs) i guess there's no excuse we could see each other and have those cues and stuff but we're like i feel like we're like if we're not gonna see each other in person then we're not putting in the effort to do videos so that's that's a no um but yeah so let me tell you about how i'm so happy that we have had this podcast for five years and that we've been talking on here weekly and that I've gotten in that practice because today I was on live radio and it is very different from being on a podcast, but you know, this, the part that is the same is the talking, right? Like you, you just get comfortable and then you talk about mm-hmm. the topic that you know of. And so once you get into that space, you can be comfortable. But um, first of all, I want to say, I think that all of our guests should be very happy because we prepare them really well. (laughs) Um, You know, if no one has ever been a guest on our podcast or, you know, a similar one, you know, we normally let our guests know two weeks out what like some of the questions and the kind of outline guidelines going to be so that we kind of know what the topics are. And that way we're not just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants. We want to have some organization with uh, the episode and and with the interview. So we kind of let them know ahead of time, like, here's the outline, here's kind of where we're going to be focused on and that sort of thing. And, you know, see if they have any questions or concerns and all that sort of thing. So, you know, coming from doing that for five years, I'm thinking like, oh, so, you know, they told Anna and I, like, they're going to call us. We're going on at like around 920 and to just like be ready. And I was like, okay, cool. So I imagined, I told John, I was like, yeah, I'll probably get a call like around 910. And someone will probably tell me if I should use headphones or not, if I should use a mic or not. Um, They'll probably, you know, tell me like, like who's going to start and like, you know, what's going on or whatever. And it was not like that at all. It was literally like, I got it. Like I kept waiting, like, are they going to call? Like they took a really long time to call. It was like a minute or two beforehand. And they called and they were like, charisma. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, did I say that right? And I was like, yeah, thanks. Uh, You said it right. And and then they were like, okay, um, you're going to go live after this, um, after this song. And I was like, okay. And before I could even finish saying, okay, like they weren't on the phone with me anymore. And the worst part is whatever the song was, I don't know that song. Um, oh. So, <laughs> like, I'm the whole time just like heart pounding because I'm just like, I don't know when I go on. Like if it was a song I knew, I could be like, okay, we're in the second verse. Like, let me have a sip of water. Like, let me, you know, talk to God, something. I don't know. But I literally was listening to this song that I'm like, this is my first time hearing this song. So like, I'm just going to have to vibe for a second and just be ready, you know? And then of course, I'm not with Anna in person. So she's, you know, down here in Orlando and uh, down there in Orlando, and we're not in the same space. And we also, we don't have the same like 
cadence and the same comfortability with, you know, speaking that you and I do, Um, because you and I have been doing this for five years. So I think a lot of people don't realize like, yes, you and I were friends for quite some time before we started the podcast, but it was such a big help for us to be in the same room together for like over three years. You know what I mean? Um, So that like, that's huge. Like when we're right next to each other, because now when we're interviewing somebody, they can have a response or like something and I can imagine what you, your face is, you know what I mean? Like I know your reaction (laughs) without having to see you. And that's why we don't like outside of the countdown, we don't need to really be in the same room or need to see each other because we really know each other. We know the ebb and flow. Like, you know, I know when to like pick up where you've dropped off and vice versa. Um, So we have that just really like good comfortability with like going back and forth with each other. Um, but Anna and I don't have that yet because we've, you know, just started working together in this way. Um, we've known each other for like 15 years, but we've just started working together and we've only done one interview together, which was actually on this podcast. And I feel like that almost doesn't count because <laughs> <laughs> for me, like, it's just like being at home, you know what I mean? Like, that's not really, you know, the same sort of practice. And so we've done a few press things that were like photos, but we haven't done like an interview. So it's really wild that the first one we did was live. Um, and it was also, it was cool though, because it's the radio station that I used to listen to in Orlando growing up. So anybody else that's listening, if you grew up in Orlando, like, you know, all about XL 106.7, you know, all about Johnny's house, you know, about Doc and Johnny from back in the day, I'm dating myself, but you know this, um, because we all grew up, like, it didn't really matter what type of music you listen to, like, everyone listened to XL, but you might listen to, like, XL in 102, or you might listen to, like, XL and like, JR or something like that, but everyone really listened to XL, because it was kind of, like, pop and you know, just like stuff that everybody likes. So it was really cool to be on with somebody who I've heard, you know, live on the air for like, what over like 20 years, I guess. Um, so yeah, the interview went really well. And it was great. Like once we started, I I thought I was going to like explode. But once we started, and they just started asking us questions, I was like, all right, and I just went straight into that like on mode that we have, you know, when we go on the podcast. So I just really feel like it's, it was one of those moments where it's like the training of being on here and speaking weekly paid off so well for that because anybody that's been listening to this forever can listen back to our first episode where I'm literally shaking on the podcast. doesn't make any sense now when you look back and I'm like, it, it's not like we were live. It was just you and me <laughs> in my living room. Like if I wanted to stop at any time, I could have been like, hey, let's stop and edit that out. But I like that first episode, like you can literally hear me at points. My voice just shaking. Um, and today everyone was like, yeah, you didn't sound nervous at all. And I was like, all right, great. But I was definitely less nervous today than I was when we first recorded the podcast. So I don't know. It's funny how that happens. But it's one of those things that I was just like, oh, man, I'm really glad that I've talked basically weekly for the past five years because – it's super helpful. <laughs> and Anna was definitely more nervous than I was. I was like, poor Anna. Like, you're saying all this, and I can imagine it's poor Anna. I felt <laughs> like, terrible. Oh I was my like, goodness. I really wish that I could be there. Yeah. That's, that was kind of like more my focus than anything is I was like, girl, you need to be on because you really need to show up for your partner and you need to just make sure. And she did mm-hmm. great. And, you know, and she's like, you know, she has a background in psychology. So, like, she, once you get her talking about that sort of stuff, like, she can just go and yeah. be good with it. But I, I knew that she was like so nervous ahead of time. And I really was like, oh, I can't wait like till we're somehow back in the same city again. And I can, you know, be there like when you do these, you know, when we're doing these things, like 
I definitely feel like there's going to be certain things that we'll have to prioritize and I'll have to just come down for um, because it's just, it's hard, especially again, when you're, when a partnership is like newer, um, it's just really hard to like do things like that. I think if you and I were going to be going on like a live air radio, like I, I don't know. I just feel like because we have just been doing this for so long, like I don't know that I would be as nervous because that was my big thing is I was just like, I don't want to like, talk over her I don't you know what I mean like you're worried Mm -hmm. about like those things like I don't want to step on her toes I don't want to talk over her I don't want to you know I don't want them to ask something and neither of us say anything because we're both thinking the other will um so I didn't want to have any moments like that but I think it seemed to go pretty well it was a pretty you know organic conversation um they're like heck of pros too because I'm like I feel like I love to know what I'm going to be saying ahead of time as the person who's doing the interviewing and we just got in there and they, I don't, I know they didn't have, I don't think they had any questions prepared. They're just kind of like letting the conversation flow and they're amazing at it. So it was like a master class. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's goals. I cannot wait. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Let's stop asking questions. Let's just go wrong. <laughs> right. It was like, they, they just, that was the thing is like, they really, I feel like put me at ease because they were just so good at their jobs so I was like, oh, okay, like I can just let them be good at their jobs and I can just answer the questions. And I know the answers to the questions because this is literally what I do. Um, so yeah, tomorrow we actually have another interview that I just found out about today. Um, and it's with a magazine that's like based in Central Florida. I do not know the name of it. I'll share it when I know more about it. But um, yeah, it's just a 30 minute like phone interview. So this won't be a big deal because it's like, it's going to be in print. So like, you know it's edited for to, clarity yeah exactly we don't have to stress <laughs> I can't even say that it's a great thing that it's edited for clarity when I can't even get that out but yeah so it's gonna just be like a lot more chill after you know the day that we had today so I'm like whew. but you know the goal is eventually being like on the today show and good morning America and yeah. stuff like that so that's, that's like the end game for you I would never um but I will say over time over practice like tonight I did the which I talked about in the last episode, the women of color of WordPress meetup. We did kind of like a Q and A about myself, which, you know, I don't like talking about myself, but same, <laughs> whatever I, I will do it for, to get other ladies comfortable. But really I kind of did it as a PSA to get women into public speaking. Um, yeah. because work camps were kind of how I got my foot in the door of doing speaking and then, you know, moving on into other conferences and doing more events and obviously having a podcast help. So I definitely think there is benefits from pushing yourself into that arena. Mm-hmm. And I will say this as someone who took public speaking, I think for a week as an elective in 10th grade and immediately switched it out immediately. I was like, absolutely not. Really? This is terrible. Hate it. Don't like it. This syllabus is ridiculous. We have to give a presentation at the end of the semester. I have to stand up in front of people and like be clear and have good cues and eye contact. And I just, I immediately was like, no, I'm going to computer. And look what happened. <laughs> look what happened. It found you in the end. It snuck up back on me. So I think about that all the time. I'm like, if I could find my public speaking person who probably would never remember someone who was in their class for a day, I would write them an email and be like, oh, I, I like, like crapped all over public speaking, but here I am. I have several pictures of me in front of an audience, apparently, that I keep forgetting about until I was doing slides today. So, I do recommend, I think, as a career thing, at some point you should teach a class, do a podcast, do an interview, something that Mm -hmm. requires you to speak about your business, about your talents, about what you're doing, your trade, 
So that way you can get in the habit of being able to better explain yourself or being able to be a better salesperson. This is what's happened is that having this podcast, doing speaking has made me a better salesperson. I hate, yeah. hated sales. I hate it being on the phone. You can ask David. We would, that was a regular fight in our house about me having to pick up the phone and call my own clients. But can you call my client for me and tell I them that I need that thing? That, that, like for all of us, like back in the day, that isn't like talking to clients is not totally a thing. Any of us wanted to do. And yeah. now I can, I mean, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not, you're not going to call me for no reason, like no, whatever. <laughs> but just like a, the initial 15 minute phone call just to, you know, scope out if you're a good lead or anything, I will do that without hesitation. I could be in the car, I could be wherever, I can be doing dishes. Like it's something I can do without having that hesitation or that nervousness. So I do think there's benefits for yeah. doing public speaking or doing And interviews. I feel like, you know, my new goal is really to just kind of be like, okay, what are all the different types of ways of doing it? And I mm-hmm. want to do all of them. So I'm comfortable with every medium. So I'm like, I'm obviously comfortable like getting up. My favorite, I think, is actually speaking to people in person right because I like people and like it's just easier to like vibe like when there's people in the room and you're just like okay like I can see you like I don't know there's just that human connection element of it so it just it feels like talking to a friend because a lot of times there you are like or talking to people that are gonna maybe be your friends um so that's like where I got started and felt the most comfortable with um podcasting I feel like is super comfortable because again like it's not live so and I don't know, it's probably also just super comfortable because we've done it for so long. I'm sitting here saying it's super comfortable, but again, I was shaking our first episode. So that's obviously taken me a while too to get to that point. And then now I'm like, okay, so I've done a live radio interview. So like, I guess next is a television interview. Like, I guess that's the next, Do you the know. news, yeah. I would love to do the news. I think that, you know, right now, like I, I don't want to focus on any of that sort of media for the nonprofit just because like COVID. So I'm like, I don't really know how those segments are working um but once things are safe and normal again definitely want to reach out to like local news stations and do that sort of thing and it's funny because ben has done like all of this press back in the day with move on and amber crabby and all that so i've been like off to the side at the news station while he's done the interviews but i was so calm because i was like oh this isn't about me so i can just you know, have snacks and hang out. <laughs> like, so that, that side of it was great, but I'm like, now I guess it's time to get on the other side of it, which, you know, is exciting. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a week. Also, I don't know if I told you this, but like on Tuesday, um, I don't know if it was you that I told that like on Tuesday, I was like, wow, it's a good thing tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> And then whoever it was that I was talking to, I literally don't even remember, was like, yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday. Um, yeah. Like, wow. I know. No. And it wasn't a bad but, week. It was just a very full week, you know? Yeah, it was It was definitely a full week. Well, Friday will be now, if you're listening to the episode when it premieres, um, we have an amazing guest. I'm always, I, we could have pushed this out another week because we just released an episode, but it's Black History Month and I wanted yep. this guest to close out our Black History Month. I've been talking about having him on the podcast since last year when I knew he was writing the book that he was writing that he's going to talk about. And so I'm always excited to have black men on the podcast. I wish we could have more. So if you're a black man and you're listening, get up in our inbox so we can book you and have you on the show because I just think it's cool to have dynamics and perspectives from different people and genders as well. Um, yeah, obviously. strangely, we don't get a ton of men. We get like one a year, podcast. you know, we've and had a I few. I will say that every single one that we have has been fantastic. It's been amazing. So like, amazing. And and they've all been like very different. And so it's and like they've if all you're, if been friends with David you, at some point. They have. <laughs> if you're listening and you like 
if you are a black man or if you know someone who is, and you think they'd be a good fit, like please send them our way because we would love to have, you know, more black men on the podcast for sure. Like it's, it's always, I don't know. It's just always a good experience. So um, yeah, but today was awesome because I really love, you know, highlighting not only is he a black man who wrote a book and he works in tech, but he lives in Orlando. So anything about my hometown, I'm always all about it. All right. Well, you guys, listen to the episode. Enjoy. As always, rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at Heart and Hustle Podcast, Twitter, Heart Hustle Pod. Um, use Facebook, the hashtag Heart and Hustle Podcast. Yes. The, the hashtag Boss So Hard. You can sign up to our newsletter on our website, which is heartandhustlepodcast.com. There's a little sign up box on the bottom, and then you will be able to get our emails that we send out where we just tell you when the episodes are if you don't feel like subscribing for some reason, you know, whenever. Which everyone gets their news in different ways, so I get, get it. Your, I'm not shaming how you get your updates. We won't be doing, we won't get your yum on this podcast mm-hmm. unless it's like racism. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Um, and then obviously, when you're at the end of the episode, go buy the book. That's yes. all that we have to say. So, We'll see you guys next month. It'll be Women's History Month. We're going to have some amazing women on the podcast, and we're super excited. And it's going to be Black History Month Part 2. It's Every day is Black <laughs> History Month. Hey guys, welcome back. We're so excited to have our friend, my friend. I'm I'm claiming his friend. I don't know if he claims me as a friend, but it's fine. I'm like, you're his friend. So by by like nature, you're my friend. Yeah. So Joshua Walker, uh, Binti Fried Chicken, and many other things. And we'll talk about that. But hey, Joshua, we're so happy to have you here on the podcast. Um, Could you share a little bit about you and what you're doing, your brand, and a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? Sure. I'm Joshua Detective Walker, and the only reason I'm telling you that moniker is you will not be able to find me on the internet otherwise. Um, I just so happened to Google Joshua Walker yesterday, and I am not even close to, you know, the first Joshua Walker. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm a self-taught cloud engineer, uh, tech diversity nonprofit founder, and uh, recent author. Um, So today I'm representing my book and media brand, Venti Fried Chicken. But I'm also the VP and co-founder of Black Orlando Tech, which is a diverse nonprofit aiming to get 10,000 net new minorities into tech by 2025. Um, my sole mission is to really help humanize tech and get as many people as possible in the field of technology as it has, you know, transformed my life. And I just want that for others. So um, hopefully that answers your question, but I'm happy to be here. Oh, it I definitely feel like does. that like meme slash phrase slash saying like I'm trying to be like you but that's how I feel <laughs> for real like I do listen to things I'm like yeah okay like I've done that one I want to do that one like that one's next again for my career field not for tech but like yes I, I want all of that um, and to balance it because you sound like well balanced so you know I'm glad I've seen well balanced <laughs> I, I think I'm just like organized chaos so yeah you know organized <laughs> chaos is good I like that I'm I'm a fan of that as well so it sounds like you've had quite the career journey so tell us a little bit about how you got started in tech and how it's led you to like where you are today oh yeah um so I got into tech due to really serendipity and being vulnerable uh, to be honest I had joined an invite only leadership academy like years back and um, through like one of my amazing urban planner and now um, longtime friend, Sarah Badre, I met Aura Davis. Of course, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's <laughs> amazing. 
um, was the leader, or I was the leader of uh, Orlando Tech Association at the time. And we were just at an event and I told them like my interest and they invited me to my first meetup, which was a JavaScript meetup. And um, from there I was kind of smitten. Like I, I didn't really know what was going on at the meetup. I was just like, these people are saying smart stuff. I want to, I want to know smart stuff. Um, <laughs> but then um, four months after that, I was able to get my first tech role. So um, fast forward a few years later now, um, I rebranded myself again and upskilled and transitioned to cloud computing. And I, I think I'm here to stay for a while or for the foreseeable future within cloud because uh, it's something I really enjoy. So That's super cool. I did not know it was that quick. Like I, because obviously I remember going to meetups when Orit was in charge of Orlando Tech and, you know, Sarah at the time and the Sarahs, because there were two, <laughs> and, you know, it's just hanging out way too long, way too late, and getting out. But that's really, like, a quick turnaround, really, in the progression of time that you were able to take just this one interaction and then turn it into a career. That's amazing. Yeah, I think what helped me out was um, from having other life experience, because I was, like, uh, I was in the military, and then I was in the entertainment industry after that, and, like, I, I think I was smart about planning my approach. So um, the first role I got was actually in email development. If you've done any email development, it's basically <laughs> archaic 90s mm-hmm. technology. It's all but tables. There was a lot of roles and it was like I needed to get my foot in the door. But from there, I was able to easily progress because as soon as you get like a tech job, it's a lot easier to transition to other things. That's super cool. Yeah. Tables all day long. Bless you for, <laughs> Tables, for yeah. taking uh, that. <laughs> oh my word. Seriously. Not today. I, I, I design emails now on a regular basis again. And oof, oof, yeah. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So speaking of the Orlando tech community, because that's kind of where you guys start, you're still very involved today, which is amazing. Um, it's just because Orlando Tech is kind of a unique community. It's really, I feel like I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but it's a small, big space. Like it's it's a big mm-hmm. city, but it's still so small. And it's like your neighbors, it's like your friends. Once you meet these people, they become part of your life kind of almost forever. Like it doesn't matter yeah, what yeah. happens. You you always get able to meet with them. And since you're so involved in there, uh, what is community? what does community mean to you? And why should people get involved in community if your original story wasn't enough of an <laughs> example? Yeah. I mean, for me, community is everything. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. So if this was all based on my own ego, I would just work a normal job and never be seen. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I would say how people should get involved is really finding the cause you care about and organizing people and resources around it. Like Black Orlando Tech, we started in a coffee shop and now four plus years later, we're like, you know, a funded 501c3 helping folks every day. And um, really, if it doesn't exist, get involved or or actually, if it does exist, get involved. If it doesn't exist, be brave enough to basically create it yourself. So um, I, I think communities is kind of what keeps you going. And I think a lot of the reason I was able to survive the pandemic is because I had to externalize, like, if I'm helping somebody else, then I'm not worried about myself. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's a good reason uh, to stay engaged. Yeah, community keeps you going. That statement is just like so true. I really feel like, you know, the last year has really shown us that more than ever. Um, But yeah, that's it. it, You know, you have to have that why. um, And community is, is really a huge part of that. 
So Black Orlando Tech has helped shape the narrative of Black Tech in Orlando. So why do you think that it's so important for Black and Indigenous and people of color to see themselves in the tech space? Uh, because really representation is extremely important. Um, if Orette, who is a Black man, had not extended his hand, maybe I wouldn't be chatting with you ladies tonight. You know, like um, Also from my experience and upbringing, and maybe you guys share similar experiences, um, in the minority community, it, we tend to get like a limited scope of career choices. Like I joke with a lot of my black friends all the time. That's like, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be mm-hmm. military. And it's like, it doesn't even go past one hand, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I think when someone sees like a black programmer, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't even, I didn't even know I could do that. How do I do that? You know? Um, so seeing people that look like you. Uh, it makes it so it seems attainable, you know, like it doesn't seem like, you know, like something that's exclusive for another group. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely wish that I had seen more Black people (laughs) in design or Black people in tech and, and, you know, learning about some of these great artists now that they're not the big ones, but like these under, you know, no name quote unquote artists as I'm, you know, divulging more into art trying to build a, a black art collection uh it's so crazy to me that this stuff wasn't shown to me when i was younger and it's kind of frustrating because it is like i could have saved myself so much i maybe you wouldn't yeah. be the person you are today you know you have to go through stuff but that's true it, it all plays into the experience but. yeah but it's exciting to know that our you know our kids have this now they have yes, the agreed. us's they have the other big people they have you know we have black women who are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. We have Black women who develop amazing tech, and we have Black men who are developing amazing tech. We just it's yeah. it's now the future is is possible for them, and so I think that's one of the things that I am excited about. That young people won't know a world where they don't see Black people, yes, <laughs> you know, Black engineers, etc. Which is funny because if you watch some of those video game documentaries that have been coming out recently in Netflix, it's like all of these guys were Black. <laughs> Like all these guys who worked on like SNES and you know Atari, they were black guys who were developing some of these games. It's so crazy. Um, and also, so um, to move over a little bit, and also I don't, I'm not gonna skirt by the fact that yesterday it was announced, or maybe you guys knew beforehand that Black Orlando Tech received three hundred and ten thousand whole dollars from the city of Orlando. (laughs) I'm still, I'm still kind of shocked from. So we. We knew like a little bit before, obviously, like we got a heads up, but like mm-hmm. it didn't really set in until yesterday. And that's when I made my personal announcement because it was just like, oh, wow, like we're like official. Now. It's real. <laughs> like, it's real. Because like, we had been like um, a lot of stuff had come out of pocket or we were on kind of mm-hmm. a shoestring budget making just like miracles happen. Yeah. So for someone to finally say like, hey, what if we give the people that are making stuff happen without us some money, you know? So uh, it was a it was a great milestone as a founder. No, it was cool. I saw Orlando Lady Chips tweet about it early, like in the morning they tweeted about it. And I was like, what are you talking about? What is this announcement? And I was like, why are you guys not posted post about it? What are you doing? I got to share on Instagram. I need the world to know. <laughs> And you did share on Instagram, which you never you shared on Instagram. And that's why I saw it. Because when you do share, I'm like, oh, she shared something. This is going to be good. Because it, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> it does not. Okay. So to switch gears a little bit away from tech, you decided to go on a book journey, which 
is a feat yeah. of itself. We talk about writing books. We've talked to other authors. We just talked, like, Charisma's writing a book, you know. So why did you oh, decide awesome. to write Binti Fried Chicken? <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote Binti Fried Chicken really due to representation just being one of the most important concepts, um, like we talked about before. Um, and I know that I'm speaking to a body of, like, historically disfranchised groups who intentionally or unintentionally, you know, got shut out of, you know, these lucrative sectors, which is highly including tech. Um, also, it's really my attempt to destroy a lot of the stereotypes that, you know, traditionally narrow our scope as like people of color, because I think a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you could be an entertainer, you could be an athlete. So I think having such a in your face book about, you know, um, coming from such a different background in explaining how I was able to overcome a bunch of stuff and be successful. Um, I, it's also about giving, you know, some painful, some painful, transparent stories, um, concepts, principles. I just want to basically help break down a lot of like the mental blocks and folklore and just really highlight practical ways that people, um, that look like us, um, can get into technology. But to be honest, even if you're not a person of color, the principles are very, um, very broad where it, even though it's from the perspective of a proud black man, um, the, the lessons and how you get into technology apply to anyone that's interested. So, um, like I said, my overall broader mission is I think there's a lot of people that come from so many different backgrounds that don't even feel like they're qualified for technology. And year after year, you know, I get to um, show that that's really kind of a, a myth. So that's, that's why I wrote the book is really to, um, to weaponize everything I've learned and um, put it at a price point that, that most people can afford. So, I absolutely love that. And I love, like you said, like, yes, it's written by a proud Black man. Like, you're obviously sharing a very unique perspective, but it's still something that really everyone can pick up and read and they're going to learn something. And I think that a lot of time um, white people don't always know that like just because something is, you know, written by a black person or created by a black person doesn't mean you can't benefit from it. Like 100%. you're allowed to, you know, come into that space respectfully, you know, um, just know that like everything might be not specifically about you, but obviously we move through the world in a way that we have to do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're, if you're growing up in the world and you're black, like you have to not see yourself represented and things like that. And it's, you know, we're definitely not normally the center of, uh, of stories. Um, so it's, it's really just like a reverse. It doesn't mean that something is, I mean, we get that with the podcast all the time. Like we've literally had friends be like, can I come on it? Like, cause I'm white. Is that okay? And we're like, yeah, you can no, yeah. I get that question like, literally when we were doing in-person events, we literally got that question once or twice a month for Bob. Yes. It's like, we're all inclusive. We're just the smallest group in this sector. So yeah, and that's too. the thing is like, I know that I don't have like, black podcast or whatever like listen like it's called heart and hustle podcast like and obviously we're both black and so we're going to speak to that because that's our experience like when you get two yeah, black women exactly. in a room like that is going to come up especially when you know we're talking about entrepreneurship the tech space like things like that we have very specific types of experiences in those places you know uh, but it doesn't mean that any everyone else is excluded so i love that you point that out um so it is a really in-depth 
process to write a book. I am currently in the process now and it's a lot. Um, How's and it I'm going really for you? You know, it's a lot like because I also <laughs> just moved to, to DC, the, the DC area like a month and a half ago and I started a nonprofit last year. So awesome. I don't know why I decided let's do everything at once. Um, but that's what I did. COVID came and I was just like, I'm going to do everything, I guess. Um, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, so it's, it's been a lot. Um, but my book is, you know, not, um, it's, it's, to me, it's like, it's more fun because it's, it's, you know, uh, fiction. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like nice to kind of escape to that world. Um, so it's like a good balance with like what I do. Uh, for my day job, whereas yours is like, <laughs> yours is serious, yours is nonfiction. So I know that the process must have been like really in depth. And what did you learn about yourself during this process of writing your first book? Uh, first of I many, think, I hope. I think, uh, yeah, I honestly, I do have, and I, I don't think I've ever said this to any media place so far, but, but we already definitely have plans for the second book. I, I told myself I wouldn't write the next one until this one's a bestseller, but um definitely have ideas for for the next it's like a bug chapter. right like the acting bug people talk about yeah. like i feel like now that i started writing my first one i'm like oh my gosh i can't wait to write my second one i do feel that <laughs> well yeah i i thought it was it was a great process i learned that there's great pride in telling your story so like for me um as an introvert i was kind of terrified in the beginning like i can't unwrite my story <laughs> like once it's out there it's out there um but if if you if anyone that's read the book, it's it's a even with the hard stuff. I I, I like my approach to everything is very like lighthearted, and I probably laugh at things I shouldn't. So like the the whole book is an easy read, and and for the most part, a comedic biography. Um, but I I think I learned that there's a great pride in telling your story, and that even if I sold like five copies at least my story exists because i think there's a lot of great people that kind of probably got lost in the shuffle of history because they you know there was nothing documented about them um i also learned that self-publishing is a lot of work but worth it um the reason i self-published was based on i didn't want my story to get like drowned out like by a publisher because uh, if you <laughs> if you read the book there's so many things that will not make sense unless you're like a very specific probably like black person, um, which is great because you're getting a window into like my own brain, but I didn't want someone being like, Hey, what's, what's a trap house. Uh, and like, <laughs> you know, editing out the soul of, of that part of the book or something. So, um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. I think the only positive thing from the pandemic was like, I was traveling a lot before, uh, for work as well. So it gave me time to be consistent, um, in, you know, kind of put my foot forward every day to get it done so that's amazing also yeah I definitely think it's nice to see that more black people are being a self-published or published by publishers who understand the black experience and don't want to water yeah. it down because I you know there's just certain things that need to be said and it, yeah like you said if you don't know what trap is and it's time for you to get on urbandictionary.com and find <laughs> out I guess <laughs> So uh, what you're traditionally not a writer by trade, assumingly, I just assumed that you could be a writer, but like, I don't think, you know, I was like, I I don't know if you had a writing job prior to this um, other than code writing. So what are some tips you have for non-traditional writers who are writing a book? 
Yeah, but you're right. I'm the most non-traditional writer. Um, honestly, the book had been out for like almost two months now. And I just now this week was like, oh, I'm like, I'm a writer. Like, <laughs> I think I had finally like accepted that I was a writer after the book was released. Um, I would say I, I encourage anyone to think about like something you could write. I think similar to tech, I think there's a lot of people that like um, they they make a mountain out of a molehill with writing a book. Not saying that writing a book is easy, but I think it's easier than the perception. Like, oh my gosh, you published a book. And I'm like, I thought about the steps I did. And it was like, anyone could have done those steps kind of like from a mechanical standpoint. Um, I would say the easiest thing that helped me out because, and I, I make fun of my own ADD a lot in the book, but um, really just outlining the chapters from a high level helped me out, like box me into subjects, even if the writing was kind of like all over the place on purpose. Um, and I would say you don't have to outline everything all at once. Like I outlined a few chapters. Then once I kind of got some momentum and wrote like one or two chapters, then it felt like in a lot of ways the book wrote itself um, once you hit kind of an inflection point. Um, and if you only wait until you're inspired to write, then you'll never finish a book. So <laughs> that's one of my, my biggest uh, things is that I set time like every day to write a few paragraphs, whether I felt like it or not. And that time box made me just kind of work past like, you know, feeling inspired enough to write. Um, and then um, last but not least, uh, just be patient with yourself. Um, I think when you're getting towards the end of a book and maybe you can tell me if this happens to you, Charisma, but um, you kind of go into like a little bit of a panic mode, like what are they gonna think? It's gonna be out there. <laughs> like. Uh, just put it out like you know you did you gave it your best effort just to put the thing out and see what happens so. yeah if anything involves panic or anxiety then I'm sure it'll happen to me <laughs> um, but yeah I do I feel like that will happen because I've recently because you know like there's all these different elements uh with fiction and like you don't you don't know the story right like mm, you're coming to it and you're like yeah. I kind of have this idea I kind of know these characters so as I've gotten to know the characters more and kind of flesh out more of the story now I actually know the whole story for the first time so the entire story is mapped out I've been writing different parts of it and being like you know we'll see we'll see what happens so now that I know the whole thing it's not even like done it's just all 100% outlined and now I'm already like panicking like oh so like you touched on something really great though like it's true <laughs> so I I wrote everything like I remember finishing it and then going to like my wife and uh, like the what I call the venti fried console the people that were like reading the book before the book came out and was basically like can you read this to make sure this makes sense <laughs> like because like, yeah because <laughs> I could kind of feel like you have a bunch of um, like ideas that are just grouped together versus like a succinct story. So, so I, I feel you about it. And it is one of those things that it's like, you know, you have to do the thing before you can promote the thing before you can see if the thing is going to be successful. And it is, it's such a effort, like, right. Like there's, there's a lot of things that we do and we have to kind of, as entrepreneurs, like jump out there and put ourselves out there. But like, there's very few things that are as laborious as writing a book and then seeing if it goes well. So I think that that's a, yes. a big part of that panic at the end is because you're just like, I don't know. And I used to talk about, I mean, I've talked about writing a book my entire life. I, I didn't start doing it until more recently. And my grandfather was always like, you have to just write the book. Like, cause I'm always like, well, what if no one buys it? He's like, well, you're not going to know either way. Like, like, you just have to write it. Exactly. Like you just have to, there's no other way to do it. Like you have to write it first 
and then you'll see if it takes off. And I was like, that's true. And I had some friends and they were like, like three of my friends were like, well, I'll read it. And I'm like, well, that's true. Like someone will read it. Um, but I think that, you know, a lot of times we see that our fear is bigger than, uh, you know, the reality of like, yes, people are going to read it. It's going to be good, you know, because again, like this is, you're, you put a lot into it and you know what yeah. you're doing. And for you specifically, it's like, it's your field specifically. So I think that there is such a need for people who are, wanting to see themselves represented and wanting to be able to look out and see, Hey, here's somebody who did what I want to do. I mean, I, I just talked to my friend the other day, who's in a boot camp right now to kind of learn how to jump into the world that you Angelica, you know, work in. And this is something that would be perfect for someone like her because she doesn't see a lot of that representation in bookstores. Right. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's like, it's, it's, I'm writing fantasy, but it's, you know, almost everybody in the book is uh, of color. So it's like, there, that's not as common. Now it's finally starting to be more common, but it's not as common yeah. in bookstores. So it's like, that's, I feel like it's so important for people of color and especially black people to be telling our stories. So I'm, Definitely. I'm super excited. I'm going to read your book, even though, it's probably going to go over my head because I'm going to be like, what? Is oh, this no, I, I was but... just going to say that. So it's it's a non-tech tech book, if it makes okay. sense. Like there's there's some resources at the end. Um, and even for 15 bucks alone, like if you buy the, the hard copy, there's the, the venti fried chicken recipe at the end. So that's worth the 15 bucks by itself. Hey, um, that is worth it. But it's really the it's it's more um, there's there's tech elements, obviously, because it's my story. But it's more uh, framed on like self-help and inspiration. So using my personal examples, but showing you like the, the practical soft skill stuff that I did to get where I'm at. So. I absolutely love that. Okay. So what are your plans for the future with Venti Fried Chicken and how can our listeners support you and how can they find you all over the internet? Yeah, I'll just continue to help people. I'll be a part of more great podcasts like this and anything else I need to do to make it a bestseller. Um, it's it's more about impact and money. I want people to have really the same positive transformation I've had in being in tech. Um, I think it's life changing. It's life changing for your family. Um, you can support by buying it on Amazon. It's um, venti fried chicken, venti like coffee. Um, and right now I have the print and ebook on sale, and I'm working actually on the audio book. So maybe that's the next big thing. Because I, I think it'll be awesome to, to tell it from, like, with my voice as well. So, you mm-hmm. know, how I meant to deliver a lot of, like, the craziness that's in there. Um, and then if you want to keep up with me, um, please follow me at Venti Fried Chicken on TikTok, um, which is, it's always bizarre when I say it, but it's it's been actually super fun getting into the, what we call tech talk, um, where, like, seeing these creators be able to, to distill down such complex topics in 60 seconds or less has been remarkable. Um, also, uh, Vinci Fried Chicken on LinkedIn and Instagram. And um, just because I'm an open book literally now, you can also contact me by email at josh at chicken.com. So, um, so yeah, hopefully you guys will pick up the title. Um, has gotten really great reviews so far. So been very grateful. No, that's, yeah, my friend, literally, because I, I post, again, I don't post on Instagram, you guys just, like, shade me, but I did post yeah. when you but posted the, No, it. I just meant, like, because it's like, I knew this was serious, I knew this was important, because I'm like, if you're posting this, then this is important. So I posted the book on Instagram, and a couple of my friends immediately were like, and I bought it, and I can't wait to read it, and I'm reading it right now, so, you know, it's... That's awesome. People have said Thank such you. amazing things about it, um, 
it's a fun book like it really is one of like you said it's a kind of a coming of age story it's kind of like yeah self-help it's kind of motivational it's kind of just like hey this is how you did this thing and and you can do it too and at the end you get fried chicken recipe so why would you not want this book (laughs) the same for anything else like you spend 15 bucks on food anyway you might as well buy the book right I just um, followed you on TikTok because I spend 30 minutes on TikTok every night before I go to sleep. Um, so no one has to explain how great TikTok is to me. I grade it. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I'm already excited because I'm just looking through like the stills and some of this looks very hilarious. Yeah. there's uh, yeah, I, lo- I like TikTok too because it's like, it's very organic where like, I feel like Instagram or LinkedIn, you're like the best version of yourself where TikTok is like the off the cuff, like me mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. Josh, I guess. Um, so Those wild uh, yeah. ideas that you're like, I'm going to yeah. turn that onto a quick TikTok. <laughs> I absolutely uh, love it. The platform's it. definitely destroying my uh, attention span slowly but surely, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to hear from a doctor. Okay, now I'm going to hear from a tech guy. Okay, <laughs> and now I'm going to hear from a comedian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I save it for nighttime, but yes, I absolutely love it. So I'm excited to follow you. Again.